The opinions and viewpoints expressed in .NET Rocks are not necessarily those of its sponsors or of Microsoft Corporation, its partners, or employees. .NET Rocks is a production of Franklin's Net, which is solely responsible for its content. Franklin's Net, training developers to work smarter. Rockheads, throw away that 8-track deck and listen up. It's time for another stellar episode of .NET Rocks, the internet audio talk show for .NET developers with Carl Franklin and Richard Campbell. This is Jeff Maciolik, here to announce show number 200 with guests Mark Dunn, Rory Blythe, and Mark Miller, recorded live Saturday, October 28, 2006. .NET Rocks is brought to you by Franklin's Net, training developers to work smarter, and now offering a whole suite of on-site and remote classes in .NET 2.0 technologies, online at www.franklins.net. And by Telerik RAD Controls, the most comprehensive suite of components for Windows Forms and ASP.NET web applications, online at www.telerik.com. Support is also provided by Developer Express, crafting first-class tools, frameworks, and controls for the .NET developer. Improve your experience online at www.devexpress.com. And by Data Dynamics, makers of ActiveReports.net, simple, powerful, and cost-effective reporting for Windows Forms and ASP.NET web applications. Online at www.datadynamics.com. Support is also provided by Code Magazine, the leading independent magazine for .NET developers. Online at www.code-magazine.com. And now, the man who was crazy enough to put all of these nerds into the same building, Carl Franklin! Thank you. Thank you very much. Welcome to the .NET Rocks movie for 2006 or 2007 or whatever year it is right now. I can't think that far ahead in the future. We're here live at Pwop Studios. I'm Carl Franklin. My co-host, Richard Campbell. Yes, sir. Is here. Hi, Richard. I'm glad to be here, man. I can look at the side of your head while we're recording. Uh, well, you know, I'm looking into your eyes. You just can't see me. Oh, very nice. <laughs> <laughs> we actually have some direction under the tutelage of Mark Miller. Who's here, Mark? Carl. He uh, went to film school, so he knows all about cameras and angles and stuff, and now he's actually got a chance to influence our, our actual movie here. Is that what all that annoyance was? Nah. Carl, yeah. oh, <laughs> can you say that again in a German accent? <laughs> <laughs> and Mark Dunn is here. Mark? Hey, Carl. I'm excited to be here, my friend. How excited are you? I... I... God, I didn't think of something good to come up with. <laughs> I'm, I'm higher than a Sherpa in the Himalayas. There you go. Oh. On crank. That's how excited I am to be here. And, of course, the second co-host of .NET Rocks is also here, Rory Blythe. Hi, Rory. Hey. Rory's feeling a little under the weather. I'm really excited to be here, too. I can tell. He's got the best hair, though. 
I do, actually. My hair Ooh. looks fantastic. Looked really good when I got up this morning. Looked good yesterday and the day before. I've hit a really good hair stage. It's a good year for my hair. You're, you're, yeah. a, you're, a, you're, you're hitting a good hair week anyway. I would say that good hair month, actually. Oh. It's been consistently extremely good. Now, I would, I've been sitting right across from Rory. I can see him through the glass booth. I will vouch. He has been, he has really good hair. Uh, he has been quaffing it a bit. In the last, it is rather quaffed. It I don't is. think you need yeah. to describe it because he's on video. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Well, yeah. what about the people who are just listening? Well, the to headphones the show? kind of the, the headphones kind of ruin the uh, <laughs> kind of ruin the effect of the hair. <laughs> hair doesn't look right with the headphones. Uh, Rory, how's Channel Nine going for you? Channel Nine is going fantastically. Um, I just started there this week, so I've only been on the team for about a week. But they've already got me working. I've already started a new show, and I've done a few interviews. But I don't have anything online yet, although by the time this video and episode are out, um, I should have some stuff up. What's your new show going to be? The show is called Five on Nine, and I stole the format from Politically Incorrect. So I act (laughs) as a moderator, and I've got four guests who will be on the show each week from Microsoft and possibly some MVPs and RDs, people from outside the, the, the company. And uh, we just kind of talk about tech topics and stuff like that. It's a it's a conversational show, very, um, you know, kind of like this, just not not very. Uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Conversational. I'm, yeah, I guess you know <laughs> <laughs> the word I already used. Uh, yeah, that was so, a good word. So, uh, when is this going to be airing? Um, I'm halfway through editing the first episode right now. I'd like to make it a Friday show, although mm. the first one might pop up on a Monday or a Tuesday or something like that. Um, but eventually, yeah, I want to shoot on Thursday nights and then have it ready to go on Friday. That's awesome. Well, I'm glad you're here. Thanks. So, Mark Dunn, what have you been doing with yourself? I've been pretty busy, Carl. We uh, have a lot of code camps that we sponsor. Uh, we've done five or six in the southeast. Uh, good turnout. I, I love helping with Microsoft evangelism. And other than that, uh, you know, just... Staying busy. You were doing Code Camp right before, right before you came here. Right? Yes, I did. I flew up uh, from Montgomery, Alabama, on Saturday, and I did three talks. First three in the morning, and then hopped on a plane so I could get here early. And it took what seven hours? Yeah, you had sort of a travel nightmare. <laughs> yes, it was. Yeah, and it wasn't too good for Rory. I understand either. I was feeling bad until I heard Rory's story. It only took me twenty-four hours to get here. Little <laughs> yeah. layovers. You know, yeah. you made me feel better, Rory. Well, Mark, okay. I got a question for you. When you when you got out of the code camp and you walked to the parking lot, did you take your car to the airport? Yes, I did. Not somebody else's car. That's right. Uh, oh, that, that's good. Why would that happen? <laughs> oh, that's right. It was, no, uh, there wasn't a white van mix up. <laughs> I didn't scare some at. elderly woman waiting on her daughter to come out of Target. Yeah. Uh, that was that was terrible. That was a bad night. Since the last time we had you on the show, Mark, I thought uh, you became a regional director, didn't you? Yes, I'm a regional director for the Southeast. Oh, yeah. Very nice. All right. Well, thank you. Thank you. Congratulations. Mark, I love Mark Miller. I love the way that you congratulated him on that. That's what I was thinking is those (laughs) – I will never work in this town again if I say what I was thinking. Well, we actually have a lot of stuff uh, planned for the show, not the least of which, Richard, is a few great emails. Am I right? Yeah, we got a couple of nice emails. And uh, you want to lead off? Yeah, okay. I'll start with this one right here. Uh, from Richard Abuhuwich, and he says, Hey, guys, congratulations on your 200th show. I've listened to all of the episodes over the last four years. Thanks for giving us such great content. I've created a list of my favorite DNR quotes on an ASP.NET Atlas site that I just wrote. 
These are the ones that made me laugh hard when I was driving to work or out running. And you can check this out at uh, shrinkster.com slash JJ3. This is Quotiki. Uh, now you'll be immortalized among the ranks of Einstein, Aristotle, and Twain. Uh, yeah, that's what's going to happen. <laughs> yeah. And that In, would be Billy Twain, right? Billy Twain. <laughs> Joe Twain, yeah. In a way, you guys helped create the site. A lot of things I heard on the show pointed me in the right direction and kept me from from doing something stupid. Thanks for all your hard work in the community. If you guys do any events in Toronto, I will be there. Peace, Richard. And if you're still looking for ways to commemorate episode 200, I suggest a co-host cage match between Mark, Richard, and Rory. Boy, Richard, he doesn't know how close he came to, to predicting <laughs> what we're going to do. <laughs> reality. We were right there. Cage match was number two. Yeah, so let's read some of these quotes. These are great. Um, uh, Richard, why don't you read the first one there? Uh, well, they come up in a different order every time, so I don't know what your first one is. Why don't I read one of your quotes? Okay. My, my personal favorite of yours is in this list here, which is, how can you expect geeks to procreate and pass on their brilliant genes if they won't get off their ass and go meet girls? Yeah, that was a good one. <laughs> yeah, Jeff, why did you laugh at that? <laughs> mm. and, and Richard, you said, and no human actually understands the licensing arrangements of Microsoft. Only the lawyers do, and most of those people aren't alive. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the the my favorite quote here is actually one of Rory's. Rory, you, do you remember when you were talking to uh, Stephen Forte? And uh, yeah, yeah. So this is what you said to Stephen Forte. You said, <laughs> um, "I just I'll do it. I'll do you. Okay? Is it okay? Do you mind if I do? No, you? go ahead. Do right. your best, Rory. Um, I just want to say to Stephen. So you're you're a pretty successful guy from the whole internet and everything." You're like a CTO, entrepreneur. You're like the regional director and all this mountain climber stuff. And, I mean, it just smells and reeks of success. I was just wondering if I could have some money. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Okay. I know where this quote came from. This is another Carl Franklin quote, and I remember the reference quite well. You must be the squirt king of C-sharp. We'll make a T-shirt for you. Yeah, that was Ju- it was Juval Loey, wasn't it? Yeah. Squirting, squirting code. the code, just squirt the code in there. That's <laughs> right, right. And then of course, Mark Dunn's famous quote: "Man, I got to tell you, I am higher than a California condor on ecstasy." <laughs> that's excellent. I was excited that night. Yeah. Well, that's some good stuff. Yeah, Richard, read us another one. I got an email from James Terwilliger, and he uses uh, leet speak here to lead it off. Fat greets, gentlemen, with the threes and the fours there this email really isn't so much of a flame nor is it really a love letter so just call it a flove or maybe i'll just lame <laughs> <laughs> it's, the listeners may or may not know we ask for flames yes i've been a listener of, of dnr for about a year now i was initially skeptical of listening to a show with the same initials as do not resuscitate nah. yeah and true. being na- married to an rn anytime you guys say dnr i feel like grabbing defibrillators and yelling it's not his time to go damn it <laughs> but upon the urging of a friend of mine and a devout listener i gave it a shot and i've been hooked ever since what i've been most impressed with has been the balance you have on your shows between products I like that on the same podcast, I can get an insider's perspective of upcoming Microsoft developer tools one week, a glimpse at third-party plugins the next week, and even the occasional look at an open-source project. It makes a .NET programmer like myself all giddy in my unmentionables. Yeah! <laughs> then. I think I'll just skip past the rest. Yeah. <laughs> 
Uh, further down the bottom here, let's see. Uh, anyway, congratulations on your 200th episode, James Terwilliger. And it says, P.S., back in the second grade, I was classmates and friends with a little blonde kid named Rory Blythe. No way. Aww. Yes, that Rory Blythe. When I ran into him at an MSDN event in Portland, I noticed two things immediately. He was an extraordinary presenter, and he hadn't grown an inch. <laughs> I just found out from checking in on his blog that he's leaving the MSDN events team and just wanted to say that those of us who regularly attended the quarterly events will feel the loss. As an MSDN educator, he stands head and shoulders above the rest, so to speak. So to speak. Oh. <laughs> I wish I could go back in time and find little R Rory Blythe and say, Rory, you're going to be so f***ed up later on when you grow up. <laughs> and you're not growing an inch either. <laughs> so, oh, nice. Rory, when was the last time you actually heard from this guy? Uh, I think I saw James about maybe three months ago. Oh, cool. It's uh, an academic event at Portland State University, I think. I'm not entirely sure. So much has happened. Was was there a big span of years in between second grade and running into yeah. him again? Yeah. Yeah, like second grade and uh, whatever this year was. <laughs> so, <yeah>. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so I have another one. This is from uh, Auckland, New Zealand, from a guy named Hemel. He says, uh, Hi, Carl, Mark, Rory, Richard, and Jeff. You guys rock. The praise generator is out of service now, so I guess I'll have to do my own sucking up right up. Here I go. Praise Generator. Richard, this is the guy that wrote the Praise Generator for DNR? Uh, I don't know. Or maybe he's I, just I using think, it. I seem to remember something like Somebody that. Somebody actually write one? Yeah. I think it was a... Isn't there so many better no, software Brian ideas Kuhn out there? Brian might have written that, yeah. as a matter of fact. Okay. Uh. It was a website where you pick, you pick some stuff from a list and then it sends us an email. <laughs> it was a generic DNR Praise Generator. Oh, jeez. I'm... Just pulling that one out of wherever. Uh, 117 hours and 45 minutes of pure bliss. Rory, sorry to see you go. A big welcome to Richard. Hope he does. This is an old email. It's not an old email. He just sent this email. That's what makes it funny. He's listened to the first hundred shows and then stopped. Oh, okay. And sent us an email. Okay. So he is like at February 2005. <laughs> it's like a time warp. Wow. It's a time warp. A big welcome to Richard. Hope he does the 50 episodes he's destined for. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh. <laughs> Your show has made the most impact on my career as a programmer after my university degree, certifications, and work experience combined. You guys rock. <laughs> <laughs> he says, I might sound retro here, and here's the reason why. I had listened to a few old episodes of your show a year ago, and I loved them, but I felt left out sometimes because I couldn't understand the jokes behind C++ developers washing hair, feeling like shaving a cat, <laughs> the Burning <laughs> Man song remixed, Rory's disease history, etc. <laughs> so I always wanted to start from episode one and be in sync. Opportunity knocked at my door when I switched to a new job on May 8th, 2006, which required me to commute nearly an hour and a half every day. That's pretty impressive in New Zealand. Generally, if you drive an hour and a half in any direction in New Zealand, you're in the ocean. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I started then, and today I have completed the 100th episode. What a journey. Initially, I thought of writing you only after I'm in sync with the latest episode, but after listening to the 100th, I thought uh, it's in good, a good milestone to pause, reflect, suck up, and ask for some swag. <laughs> ah, there we go. There you go. Yes, we will give you some swag. And, you know, if you haven't figured out, all you got to do is send us something we can read on the on the on the air, and you'll get swag. It's such a such an amazing deal. I think. <laughs> so, Richard, you got one more. 
I got one more, and it's a short one. Okay. Uh, this is from Nick Molnar, and it says, Hello. It's a very serious email, actually. I like how the way it closes. I was listening to one of the older podcasts, and on one of the hosts mentioned an event in Orlando happening in the spring. Could you please provide me with a link or something of more details? I live in Orlando, and so am interested. Do you know what he's talking about? Uh, no. <laughs> one year ago, almost to the day... We were on the road trip. Of course. Right. And uh, we were on our way to Orlando, driving down the coast. That's right. And yeah. Hurricane Wilma was coming to meet us. And we said, uh, I don't think we're well, going to go to Atla- uh, Orlando. I, wrote, I remember writing an email. I think we were in Baltimore. I wrote this email saying, guys, we should figure out under what conditions we don't go to Orlando. Yeah. And uh, one of the senior Microsoft guys came back with, you're not going to Orlando. <laughs> and it was, and I think it, he just evacuated. It might have been Tom Robbins, actually. He just evacuated yeah. his mother. Yeah. And it's like, well, if I'm evacuating my mother, you're not coming down. I think it was here. Russ Festino. Or Ruff, Russ Festino. Yeah. And so they eva- they, it, and so we didn't go to Orlando. And we ended up, I know we said in one of the shows along the way, well, we'll have to, we'll have do, to go a down there, do a show in the spring. Well, that would have been this past spring. Right. We missed it. And we didn't go. Yeah, but uh, oh you my know, goodness! The, the thing is, with the, the RVs, is is you know they're so big and flat on the sides. You just got to keep them headed into the hurricane at all times. <laughs> <laughs> just point it in, and you'll be fine. That's what I'm saying. That's right. Oh my goodness! Well, it, it's just, and I thought that's sort of a nice segue into the whole. That was a year ago. You yeah, know, that we were driving across the country, and we never right. did get to Orlando. We got to pick that up one of these days. Right. Well, you know, this is all about uh, we. It's not about a new co-host at this milestone, which it seems what? to be at every what? <laughs> what? What? They didn't tell you. My golden ticket on the chocolate bar said it was about a new co-host. <laughs> oh, poor Mark! You guys are messing with me again. But well, anyway, it's certainly about milestones, and we have had quite an exceptional year. Um, we're destined to have over. 2.5 million downloads this year. It's a good year. This year. Yeah. Last year we had 1.5. So we've increased by a million downloads this year. And those um, are all from your mom, Carl? They are. <laughs> yeah. That could explain why she keeps running at a hard drive space. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm sorry, man. That was inappropriate. We also uh, have a new website, thanks to Dax. Uh, I hope we have a new website by the time this goes up. We may or may not. Uh, but if we don't, then it's coming very soon. And uh, also, there's a new version of Toy Boy in the works. Yes, sir. Yep. And while it's not complete yet, I am going to give you a little taste. It sounds something like this. No, I'm not playing this at half speed. It actually is this slow. We're going to have some new lyrics. It's going to be 49 speakers, not 39. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) But we thought, you know, we're going to get some new lyrics for it. This is just the rhythm section. There's no electric guitar. There's no organ yet. You know? The chorus is still going to be, I'm a, a toy boy. The most times when. Anyway, that's a little 
little taste of what's to come. It's it's way funkier. Yeah, we're spreading your appetite. Yeah. And the and the drum track is huge. I mean, the signature sound, you know what DNR starting when you hear that little drum riff at the beginning yeah. of the original Toy Boy. Right. Which it's fine. It's just I don't know. The guy who played that was a little stiff. Compared to <laughs> that was my brother Chip. <laughs> Chip Franklin. He Chip actually Franklin. has album credits on the CD. Yes, he Chip does. Franklin. And uh, no, of course we did it with a drum machine. And, <laughs> and some people can't tell, but you know, seasoned music aficionados definitely can. Uh, so we really wanted to emphasize the live sound of the drums. So the, the original was recorded in 1998 uh, in my basement with my brother and I. Before you knew these sorts of people actually existed? Yeah, no, actually I had some real people that I wanted to model this on. I'd like to mention that uh, this portion of .NET Rocks is brought to you by our friends at Telerik, Telerik RAD Controls, the most comprehensive suite of components for Windows Forms and ASP.NET applications. And you can find them online at www.telerik.com. All right, guys, let's get to the quiz. Uh-oh. That's right. Uh-oh. We're playing the 64-bit question on .NET Rocks. Oh, no. And the way this is going to work is that I'm going to ask some trivia questions, and uh, I'm going to ask the co-hosts in succession, Mark Dunn, Rory Blythe, Richard Campbell, you get to answer these questions, and if you get them right, a fan is going to win some swag. Ah. Okay. Oh, man. Now, now we got emotional baggage. Emotional yeah. baggage. All right, you guys ready? Mark, you're first. You ready? I, I guess so. I better now, be. Before we actually start, I got to tell you that um, you know we wanted a, like a, a buzzer sound. <laughs> oh, oh my god! That's kind of loud, but that's all I got. I'm sorry. All right, I got to clean my underwear now, Carl. <laughs> <laughs> and the only, you know, we were looking around for a bell for if you get the sound right, but you know, I was like, I couldn't really find a. You know, kind of, <laughs> you know, so I, I, I'm just, you know, she couldn't really find a bell. This is really the best I have. Oh, I so like we'll use that. The doorbell. It's either the doorbell or the duck. Or maybe both. Let's go with the doorbell. Okay, the doorbell is if you get it right. I could do this. That sounds. You are testing my patience, Franklin. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here we go. Mark, you are first playing for Thomas Jewell of Copenhagen, Denmark. All right, Thomas, if I get this wrong, please don't hurt me. <laughs> Everybody gets f- three questions, and uh, these are all taken from our shows, by the way, uh, by Mark Frucht. Thank you, Mark. Marco, who's uh, an intern here at Plop Studios. And the first show we're taking this from is uh, show number 180. So, Mark. BizTalk led to workflow what? Fundamentals, system, or foundation? I'm going to go with foundation, Carl. Correct! My final answer. Correct. Oh, come on. Who else is... You guys got to applaud. I I knew that one. Oh. Oh. Yeah, I, I did too, so... We, right. That's like probably the her. one question I know the answer to. Still have uh, What am I playing for, by the way? I didn't hear my name in that list. <laughs> oh I'm oh you know what? I 
Did Mark Miller doesn't have a partner? What's going on? I'm sorry. <laughs> Talk you're to not, my you're, agent. You're actually not a co-host. I was too. I interviewed you, and I interviewed <laughs> you, and you too, Scarecrow. Shut your balding ass head. This is just like when I went to the MVP Summit in 2004. Ooh. You well, were invited. Oh, I was man. invited. What? But I was not an MVP. Dude, my head is not balding. If it's balding, when I rub it like this, it'll make a funny sound. <laughs> Like that? <laughs> what the hell is going on? <laughs> it's going to be like Bewitched. So when I hear that, I'm going to make a wish, man. You rub that and make magic happen. Right. Now, Mark, you're yep. not a co-host. You're not an engineer. You're not an intern. Why the hell are you here? I interviewed Rory on his on his emotional relationship Okay, hang problems. on a second. I got to scratch that question out because right, that was one of the questions. No, okay. <laughs> All right, so Mark Dunn, your second question. Okay. How much money did Michael Stiefel require before he might consider giving a valid definition of SOA? Oh, man, was I am it, so screwed. I didn't listen to that show. Was it 50000 100000 or $500,000? Okay, uh, let me hear the question again so I can guess on this one, Carl. All right, how much money did Michael Stiefel, you know, Thomas Jewell's going to be really pissed if you don't get him oh, some man. swag, man. Thomas, I'm so sorry. I got the first one right. All right, how much money did Michael Stiefel require before he might consider giving a validation of SOA? Was it $50,000, $100,000, or $500,000? Uh, you know, I know Michael, and I think he would go for the money, so I'm going to say $500,000. Michael, I'm so disappointed. Oh, jeez, oh, that was... That was that's, obvious, that's Mark. Obvious. It was obvious. It's right. obviously a hundred thousand dollars. Oh, duh, 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 duh. That's like going standard price for that definition of SOA. Isn't it? <laughs> yeah. He was underselling it. What can I say? All right, you got one more chance. You got one more right. chance. So, right, Thomas, I'm working for you, man. <laughs> you can do it, Mark. I know you can. So, the third question, <laughs> third and final question. This is, you know, the deciding question from show one seventy nine. How many PCs does Richard Campbell tend to carry along in one Tom Bin bag? Is it one, the the a tablet PC, uh, two a laptop and a tablet PC, or three a laptop, tablet PC, and a pocket PC? Hmm. All right. I know Richard, so I'm I'm <laughs> gonna say that that's three, a or, laptop. And a tablet. Or it could be just the tablet or the laptop and the tablet. Well, that, I, those I your, know, I, look, I know, I know <laughs> for certain, I know for certain he carries two PCs. I think this might be a trick question, Mark. I, well, I shouldn't overthink it. All yeah, right. and we don't want to hear your whole thought process. Come on, just make your choice. <laughs> all right, all right. You're putting pressure on me, Rory. Uh, I'm going to say two. It's two PCs. He carries a That's tablet. Correct. Yes. That's correct. That's correct. All right, Thomas, I, I just skirted by this, man. Ooh. See, I'm right. thinking I'm thinking Richard uses his smartphone instead of a, uh, a pocket PC. Yeah, yeah. it's true. Yeah. That's right. Mm. It was a trick question, And even Miller. if he had a pocket PC, it would be this pocket, not in a Tom Bin bag. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that's all right. It's a pocket PC. All right, Thomas, thank Mark Miller because he, you know, I, I was about to guess wrong, but he said it might be a trick question, and he was right. Mark, you played admirably well. You got two out of three. That's enough to get Thomas some swag. Rory, it is your turn next. Are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Come on, let's go. Let's do it. All right, you're playing for Brian Pesic. Okay, I don't know who you are, Brian. So that sort of, uh, I, I don't know, I mean, my motivation isn't quite where it, it should be just because there's no emotional attachment, but I'm going to do my best Come on, anyway. where's your sense of philanthropy? He went to school with you, Rory. <laughs> all right, it's Brian. Brian, Brian you're screwed, Brian. man. Go, totally Brian. screwed. Okay, Brian. all right. Okay, all right. let's go. Come on, bring it on. from Wisconsin Rapids, Wisconsin. All oh, right. now I know more about him. Yeah, okay. Emotional connection established. Let's go. We're playing for Brian Pisic from Wisconsin Rapids, Wisconsin. Okay. Okay. 
This is from episode 83. Okay, here's a softball. Okay. What famous baseball stadium was host to the Tech Ed party discussed in DNR 183? Was it Safeco Field, Yankee Stadium, or Fenway Park? Fenway? Are you sure? Yeah. No, no. Yes! Yeah! Woo-hoo! <laughs> now, you're a Microsofty. If you got that wrong, yeah, I would have been really, uh, really upset. Okay. All right, here we go. Second question. Okay. In one word or less, what is the technology within Web 2.0, according to Brenton Webster, that empowers the user and helps them create mashups rather than great big structured systems? And the hint is blank architecture. Is it Edge, Hot Knife, or Freebase? (laughs) (laughs) What? What's so funny? Edge. Are you sure? Yeah. Whoops, wrong button. <laughs> what the hell does that one mean, Carl? Well, you gotta you got that right. Come on, let's go. Ray has the flu or some shit. Move it. Now you've already gotten two out of three, but just for the sake of entertainment, just I suppose. Just for the we sake of. Okay, bonus question. Doesn't bonus mean question. anything. Okay. Hey, maybe Richard, maybe if they get if he gets three out of three. He gets two pieces of swag. Ooh, what do you say? Oh, that's a great ah, idea. I like it. Yeah, Mike Thomas hate me. Gee, there you go. <laughs> and a brand new car. This is the 64-bit question. You know, we, can, we, we make the rules. Get your own show. Blah. <laughs> All right, this is from show 184. Why is Carl never, quote, wasting zombies with an assault rifle on his Xbox and instead opts for games like table tennis and bejeweled? Is it A, he has a 10-year-old and a 4-year-old, B, He's a pussy, or C. He's a pussy. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to go these? with uh, I'm going to go with B and C. Carl is a is a pussy pussy. But isn't that answer D? D is B and C both above, right? I don't know if B plus C equals D. I don't know if that follows. Wait, B plus C. Well, is... the union of B and C mm. is well, certainly I don't know about D. That. I mean, we would have to say. I mean, I guess if B represented two and C represented three, and we take the fifth letter in the alphabet, so A B C D E E. Dude, you're getting equals dude, E. Base 10. I choose E. Go that, with binary. That actually Come equals O C D. Is what it all equals. Well, anyway, you're, you're a pussy, right? <laughs> so you're saying two and three? Yes, that you're a pussy. <laughs> I'm gonna fight that one. I may be a pussy, but that's not what was said on 184. So you're wrong. I think we can protest this, Roy. I'm gonna be with you on this one, man. That's so, okay, because Brian got one piece of swag. Anyway. Mark said earlier though that you were a pussy, so I thought that <laughs> that is true. No, it's so, not true. I can't believe I just said that. I think okay. you guys are all are all missing the point here. B plus C is twenty three. Come on, hexadecimal. Oh, guys, come on! I'm glad you said hexadecimal. Otherwise, I wouldn't have got it. Oh. He had to break the geek out on you. Carl. I was just doing the whole Caesar cipher thing, where A equals one, B equals two, C. Yeah, equals what three. is this second grade? Come on, Rory. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's when I right. hung out with James Terwilliger. All right, Richard, are you ready? Hey, 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 I'm I ready. Have, hold on. I have B plus C equals 17. That's uh, one seven in hex, not 17. I'm sorry. Oh, nice try. Jeff smacks down the millinator. Uh, right. <laughs> yeah, really. Red, go right. blue. Wait. Oh. <laughs> hey, it's only a... We only have enough time for one DVD. We can't spill over into two. Sorry, man. My bad. Right. So, Richard, are you ready? <laughs> I'm ready. I'm ready, too. All right. You're playing for Jeremiah Johnson from Broomfield, Colorado. You ready? Ready. Ready. From show 186, Richard. Richard, 
Rory, you're not doing this one. You're I'm done. ready. I know. I'm just, but I'm he's ready. Just, he's you're getting done. ready. He's just. I can ready. be ready and not take part in it. Back, <laughs> back. <laughs> you can't stop me from being ready. All right. From show 186, what word does Carl Franklin accuse Microsoft Blue Badges of always beginning the answer to a question <laughs> with? Is it well, um, or so? So. Correct. Oh, very nice. Uh-huh. That was an easy one. It's Richard. actually <laughs> most people in the Pacific Northwest. Thank you very much. I was saying so long before I was in Microsoft. Mm-hmm. Hey, we're talking about the show. Did you listen to the show? Oh, just shut up. All right. <laughs> Gone with your little contest. <laughs> and your little your little buttons making the ding dong. <laughs> and your little dog, too. Your little dog. <laughs> yeah, your little dog. And All right, here we go. So uh, this is from 197. Miguel Castro has an add-on to his Tom Bin bag, Richard, that holds pens and accessories. What are they called? Man, who gave these questions to Richard? <laughs> mean, Richard wrote the questions. Yeah, That's really? The it wasn't me. I didn't do All it. All right. I guess it was me. I did suggest the Tom Bin bag to, All right, so to Miguel. He has this uh, thing that holds pens and accessories. Are they called A, Freudian slips, B, hard shell inserts, or C, yam sacks? <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> that would be A, Freudian slips. Correct. Ah, yeah. All right. <laughs> Jeremiah, you may be, uh, you know, uh, anyone who Richard plays for is automatically getting two pieces of swag. That's all I can say. And that's not a slam against any of you guys. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Richard's yeah. just an alien. He's an He's alien. smarter mutant. than we are. Uh, that's please. the thing. He's smarter than me. <laughs> okay, uh, Richard, you ready for the last and ready final for last question? question. For, for all the marbles? All the marbles. For two pieces of swag. Two pieces of swag for Jeremiah. In DNR episode 187, Carl talks about his office spaces using some technology from the last millennium. The other side of the last century, to be exact, he was frustrated with its intermittent failures, and when they do work, making noises that you really don't want. Hmm. What was the technology? Was it elevators, telephones, or elevators? <laughs> <laughs> and I was pretty sure you were going to get into digestive noises there from the <laughs> previous century, but I think I'll go with elevators. Correct! Uh, Correct! I've just been in that elevator, and let's face it, it's frightening. <laughs> the only thing scarier than that elevator is the one beside it that nobody's allowed on. Yep. All right, now we're going to do something a little bit different. Uh, every once in a while, we get an email from uh, a fan asking to, for me to play some music on the show that they missed that. So uh, rather than do it every week, I figure, you know, on special occasions, I'll pull out the guitar. This is called the VB song. And uh, I wrote this. It's the music to Police Dog Blues by Blind Blake. Here we go. All my life I've been a basic man. Said all my life I've been a basic man. Keep my code as basic as I can. Why I thought I was as smart as I could be I thought I was as smart as I could be Long come a nine pound hammer they call C
say if you don't use C, you can't be one of us. They said if you don't use C, you can't be one of us. Just when I learn it, long comes C++. <laughs> I did my best to construct and destruct. I did my best to construct and destruct. After about a week, my code was f***ed. <laughs> Can you say that? Well, I swore to God my coding days were done. Swore to God my coding days were done. Along come a neutron bomb called VB1. Well, I made a lot of money with VB. Said I made a lot of money with VB. Yeah, VBB been very, very good to me. <laughs> well, along came VB Ned, times was wild. Along came VB Ned and times was wild. Six years later, I feel like a redheaded stepchild. <laughs> they say learn C sharp and get some class. Said learn C sharp, that's what they say. Get you some class, boy. Me and Dotnet Rock say kiss my ass. <laughs> Oh yeah, <laughs> brother, brother. Very nice. <laughs> it's very nice. I knew it was going to be Rory with the golf claps. <laughs> <laughs> this portion of .NET Rocks is brought to you by our good friends at Developer Express. Developer Express, crafting first-class tools, frameworks, and controls for the .NET developer. Improve your experience online at www.devexpress. On to round two. Round two. Round two. Mark Dunn, you ready? Oh, there's a round two? I guess so. There is a round two. Mark, you're playing this time for Stephen Randall from Hamden, Connecticut. All right, Stephen. All right, Stephen, here we go. For all the swag. Well, at least one piece. (laughs) <laughs> From show 188, who did Daryl Taft refer to as Evan, whatever his name is, and what did he say that stuck in his craw? Was it A, Microsoft is the evil empire, B, all software should be free, or C, the chickens have come home to roost? I don't know the answer to this one either, but I'm going to guess B. That's right! All Woo-hoo! software should be free! Ooh, nice. Crazy thinking. Crazy. Very, very good, Mark. Well, that was stuck in my craw, too. <laughs> <laughs> How do we make money? Yeah. 
Daryl, of course, uh, is uh, the author of uh, numerous articles uh, with eWeek, and um, but he was he was a little comatose that day, wasn't he? Yeah, he was he was <laughs> he was the calmer of the two. He was two. the calmest one in the room. Yeah, let's put it that sure. way. Yeah. Uh, okay. Question two: Richard Campbell is not the first to have said, "quote Every time you say Web 2.0, a startup does this somewhere." What is it that the startup does? Is it a outsources developers from India, B dies, or C does a little dance? Uh, read the question to me one more time. Okay. Uh, Richard Campbell is not the first to have said, quote, every time you say Web 2.0, a startup does this somewhere. What is it that the startup does? Is it A, outsources developers from India, B dies, or C does a little dance? I'm going to say B dies. Correct! <laughs> yeah! All right, Stephen, you got some swag, baby. Yeah, now let's go for piece number two. Bonus. Bonus. Stephen needs a piece, man. Come Steven. on. Stephen. <laughs> Ow! <laughs> okay. Uh, this is from show eight, 189. How long did Carl say it would take him to read a legitimate Ted Patterson biography? Is it A, 15 minutes, B, 20 minutes, or C, 30 minutes? B's been good to me. I'm going to say B, 20 minutes. Could be 20 minutes or 15 minutes or, or 30 minutes. Definitely could be 15 minutes, I think. Um, <laughs> I'm not telling you what to do, but... Well, I, what? I'm going to change my answer to A, 15 minutes. Final answer. That's correct. <laughs> wow, I didn't think you were going to get that one, Mark. I'm, I'm dull sometimes, you know. Can't help it. <laughs> All right, Stephen, Congratulations. Does anybody else think we need to take Carl's uh, sound effect pushing button finger? <laughs> he's, a, he's a little happy with the sound effects today. Okay, Rory, you're playing now for Frederick Wilhelm in Stockholm, Sweden. Okay, Fred, it's you and me. Hey, hey Carl. Carl, oh, Frederick. Right, give him the duck. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Get that duck out of here. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's the Man. first time I've been able to play with this application I wrote that does all this. You're oh. like some kid from a third world country who's like seen an, a, like an elevator for the first time, you know? <laughs> Hitting all, all the buttons. The buttons. <laughs> right. Okay. So this is uh, from show 190. Robert Scoble used the $100,000 today or a penny doubled every day for a month analogy to explain what late delivery from Microsoft. RSS, soap, or indigo? RSS. Correct! I mean, what else would Scoble talk about? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, beautiful. That was ducked up, man. (laughs) That's all I'm going to say on that. Yeah, yeah. All right. So, what did Scoble, versus question two now, just in case you weren't paying attention. Sure. What did Scoble need, quote, two more hours and a couple of beers to describe? A, why he left Microsoft. B, how he prepares for a press interview. Or C, Juval Lowy's question, what the hell happened to Longhorn? (laughs) I'm going to go with C. Correct! All right, Frederick, you got yourself a piece of swag. Have have we had any losers yet? Oh, no. Nobody can lose. Just one. <laughs> <laughs> Just you, Miller. Just me. wondering who booked him into this gig anyway. I know. Why are you here, Mark? Why are you here? I don't know. All right. 
Uh, Rory, this is your final question for the second piece of swag. This is from Show 191. Describe the analogy Richard likes to use for whiteboard sketching domain-driven design ideas. Is it A, a coloring book, B, a cocktail napkin, or C, a laser pointer? B. Yes, that's right. Three for three. Yeah, when you're dealing with Richard, if you've only got three choices and one of them relates to alcohol, you might want to go for that one. (laughs) It's a good rule of thumb. Jeez. Awesome. (laughs) How I got this reputation. Congratulations, Wilhelm. You got yourself two pieces of swag. Two pieces. Two pieces. All right, Richard, you ready for uh, round three? Round three. I think it's still round two, actually. Round six, if you want to be exact. But uh, okay. Round two, third question. Here we go. Uh, third question. Let's forget about it and round just two, say- sub- I'm ready for something. We should three. call the show three on four on six really? on two. You guys got me confused with all the numbers now. I'm ready. <laughs> all right. <laughs> all right, Richard, you're playing for Rob Heckert. All right, Rob, you Chesapeake and Chesapeake Beach, Maryland. We're doing it. All right, from show 192, according to Stephen Forte, how did Ri- – uh, now, this is this is a, a question for Richard about Richard. Is this legal? <laughs> Why does this keep happening? I don't know. I'm telling you, Richard wrote the question. <laughs> well, we might as well just do it. According to Stephen Forte, I guess – I know. We'll let Jeff answer the question. No, we'll let Mark answer oh, the question. There you go. Mark gets to answer the you question. You mean Mark Dunn, right? No. No, he means Mr. Miller. Damn! All right, Mr. Miller. According to Stephen Forte, how did Richard manage to communicate occasionally while atop Mount Fuji? A, cell phone, B, tablet PC, or C, smoke signals? Oh, uh, I'll go with B, tablet PC. That's correct! Awesome. Wow. I'm glad you didn't give that one to me. I would have guessed cell phone. Silly me. He reasoned it out. I would have guessed smoke signals, personally. (laughs) I was looking for something with alcohol in it. (laughs) The the only problem is that I did communicate off of Kilimanjaro with a cell phone. (laughs) I didn't bring my tablet PC. That is incorrect, Richard. We just heard the answer. (laughs) (laughs) We're not going to let reality get in the way here. Come on, let Miller have something. He's, he doesn't have a lot. Just let him have this one question. Yeah, I'd go with Jeff on this one. Well, it's not that. It's that Richard is being a historical revisionist. Ah, that's what it must be. <laughs> uh, there's a cream for that, actually, oh, Richard. Oh, I've heard that one. Now, you know, the story of this, right, is we got to, we got to Bronco Camp at like 13,500 feet. You're gasping for air, but we had a view of this town. And it had a cell phone tower in it, right? It's in Tanzania, and the phones worked. So, um, and we made the mistake of calling our families because you're freaking them out because you can't talk. Right. Every six words, you're just panting, trying to get enough air. Yeah. So like, What's wrong with you? Well, gee, I'm climbing a mountain. <laughs> <laughs> yes. All right. You ready for the second question, Richard? Okay. All right, Richard. According to Joel Semeniuk, how long did it take a student of his using APIs to create a show blame utility? Was it <laughs> was it A, two hours, B, three hours, or C, four hours? I'll go with B, three hours. Or two, or, or four. four. Or how about, uh, let's go two hours. Or maybe four. Or it could be. Could, could be, be four. Could be four. Yeah. Or maybe three. I, actually, it was the student all Joel did himself. Six, and that just wasn't in the list. Ah, he's trying to make it tougher on me. I need Nine. an answer. All right, let's go two hours. You sure? Yeah, I'm sure. 
What about three? I'm sorry, oh. that's incorrect. It was four hours. Uh, Carl's just messing with everybody yeah, now. He is. He's trouble. Okay, well, that's that's all right. Rob still gets a shot at one piece of swag. One piece of swag, Rob. I, I got one more question for you. I think you're going to remember this one, I think uh, Richard. So. You remember everything else. Uh-huh. Uh, Hui Hong Lao authored the Salamander Suite of tools, which includes a true .NET decompiler, an obfuscator, and a protector. What sea animal did he name another app after? Oh, toy. <laughs> Was it an otter, an octopus, or a platypus? Hmm. Ah. Well, considering only two of those are sea animals, and one of those two is a mammal, and I guess they have to be the octopus, wouldn't it? That's be? correct. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, to be, to be specific, one of those is not just a mammal, but a monotreme. Thank yeah, you. Very nice. You are the smartest man I, in the world. When he I was is. at Disneyland, I rode on the monotreme. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's that's You that's rode on immoral. the egg-laying mammal. Oh, <laughs> is that what I did? <laughs> awesome. I thought it was the monotreme. All right, well, this portion of .NET Rocks is brought to you by Woodford Reserve. <laughs> All right, man. Woo-hoo! Now, no, they did not pay for sponsorship. However, we just, uh, the, you know, Mark Miller, uh, Mark. What? Mark Dunn, sorry, <laughs> introduced me to this sipping bourbon. Uh, indeed it is. And it is very nice. And I encourage you, if you like Maker's Mark or Knob Creek bourbon or even Jack Daniels, uh, you should check out Woodford Reserve. It's really good, and I think I'm going to take a little sip right now. Yes. Would you sip with me, boys? I will. All right. So, Carl, while you're uh, sipping that, I just want to say I, I really like that, uh, that basic song you sung earlier there. Oh, thank you. Thank you very much. And uh, during the break, I, I, I wrote a little bit of a song of my, my own here. Oh, no. Uh-oh. Now, I, I don't have any musical talent, so that <laughs> <laughs> could affect it a little. And I'm also not very good at writing. But, <laughs> oh, really? But I, I, I got a little bit. Maybe you can help me out with this later on. Okay. Here it goes like this. Rolling, rolling, rolling. I need my semicolon. Rolling, rolling, rolling. C sharp. I code in many places. Declared my interfaces. I need my curly braces. C sharp. That's great. It's pretty good. That's all I got. Mark, Brilliant. I, you know, if you really need your semicolon, you can always put an apostrophe in front of it. Here you go. Oh, okay. Yeah. Try that next time. It's a little tip I picked up from Chris Sells. All right. That's bad. Hey, Carl, you know, if you want that continuation character, you also put two slashes in front of it. <laughs> By the way, this is a little tip I picked up from Chris Sells. <laughs> You know, Richard, last year at this time, we were on the .NET Rocks road trip. Yes, sir, we were. But right around the time that this show was being published, we were in El Paso. That's right. Yeah. It was uh, quite a trip. We did 20 cities in 30 days, something well, like that. we ended up doing 21? 19 because Wilma bumped us out of Orlando. That's right. And uh, one of the first stops that we went to was Hartford, Connecticut. And it was the second stop on the road trip, Boston and then Hartford. And in Hartford, do you remember the Big Pumpkins guys? Oh, fabulous yeah. story. Those guys are hilarious. It was about this time of year, right? It's about Halloween yes, time. Of and these guys made websites. Well, I- I'll tell you what. I'm just going to play the clip so that we can all remember this together. This is great. Brilliant. Okay, so our next guests are going to introduce themselves as... John Derry and Ken DeRozier. And Ken, we actually met quite a while ago when... Uh, 
Tell that's us about right. It. Uh, several years ago, in the beginning of uh, .NET, back at uh, UTC Research Center, you were uh, presenting with Pat Hines. Right. It, we, it was sort of a two-day overview of uh, of .NET. UTC. Yeah. Where is that? United Technologies. East Hartford, Connecticut. Yeah. And uh, I remember that business card you gave me. What Big, great pumpkin, big pumpkin? Bigpumpkins.com, yes. What it, is that all about? It's a hobby website that John and I have that we created uh, back in uh, 1999. It was like six years ago. Yeah, we were uh, transitioning developers from client-server technology to web technology, and we needed a place to play. And we knew if we built a website for our consulting company that basically no one would go there. Why big pumpkins? Well, we kind of got hung up in this um, growing giant pumpkins hobby. Um, and we decided that if we built a website, we could actually have, you know, real users come there. And, you know, we could try out new technologies and actually have, a, you know, a user community. So it was all all around growing big pumpkins. Yeah. And most, you most, guys really grow big pumpkins. Yeah, most... Um, most giant pumpkin growers, they don't know the first thing about the internet. And us being internet guys, the first thing we did was, you know, how do you grow a giant pumpkin? You, there's not really instructions on the package. All right, so wait a minute, wait, 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 wait. Most giant pumpkin growers? Is this a big club? <laughs> there's a bunch of them? It's uh, it's actually growing oh, leaps yeah. and bounds, yeah. We have over yeah. 10,000 registered users. We do over a million hits a month. You've got to be shitting me. I'm not kidding. <laughs> <Wow. 10 000. laughs> our, our web logs are over 60 megs a day. Dude, That's we're a lot the, of pumpkins. We're in the wrong business. <laughs> well, t- to be fair, it is October. And uh, we just had, you know, a new world record pumpkin weighed off in uh, Pennsylvania. So it's it's been pretty – it's a popular time of year for us. But, um, you know, all throughout the, the winter months, people use our forums and, and message boards and diaries and stuff. And then, you know, spring hits and everybody plants their seeds and it just takes off from there. And, you know, so there's – there's a little bit of a lull, but not much. So it's an ASP.NET site, and this is where you got, as you said, to play around. So you wrote all these forums and things and stuff from yeah, scratch? It's, yeah, it's all cu- all custom stuff that we wrote. It's actually um, began in ASP. It was before .NET, and so now it's kind of a mix between ASP and .NET. We haven't converted the whole thing. But we still use it to play. And so this year we came up with what we call our Way Off Manager application, which we <laughs> pushed out to 26 different Way Off sites around the world. And it's basically a Ajax slash ASP.NET SQL Server application. What's a Way Off site? Just- a Way Off site is a place where pumpkin growers bring their pumpkins to compete. Like fairs, oh. for example, all over the country. Oh, so this is way as in W E I G H. Oh, way I thought way it was off, like where you're you weigh, way where off. you weigh where you weigh your pumpkins, right? Okay. And so specifically, just to give you a little context, these pumpkins are about fifteen hundred pounds, so they're not you know jack o' lantern size. That's a lot of pumpkin, right? So hence the need for a way off application manager, right? And so the the requirements that we had were, let's just face it, farmers don't have the latest PCs, and they're not going to these way-offs with laptops like what you guys have here at the uh, at the presentation tonight. Or smart. No comment. And so what we had to do was build an application that the only requirement was IE5, you know, on XP, in a Windows machine. So our, our client is script and, and JavaScript, and it uses a client-side XML storage. And then it uses Ajax when there's an internet connection to send the data up to the ASP.NET uh, web server. It's really a marriage of the old, you know, standard HTA technology with the Ajax talking to, you know, a really beefy .NET backend. And, this and is XML, HTTP. That's the key, absolutely. right? In, the, yeah. in DOM 4. Right, right. And before it was called Ajax. That's right. Uh, yeah, <laughs> Absolutely. So what other types of features have you implemented with uh, .NET? I assume that you're moving to ASP.NET 2.0. Yes, absolutely. Can't wait. Yeah. And what, what kinds of features have you implemented in 1.1 besides these you know general things, besides forums, let's say? 
Um, well, we have um, some of our administration parts of the site are in .NET now. Mm-hmm. Like, for example, um, we have a feature on the website called Grower Diaries, mm-hmm. where growers can basically keep track of their growing season with, it's kind of like a blog, but yeah. before it was called blogs, too. Right. <laughs> and when people upload pictures and describe what they do, and then they can go back and reflect on their whole season. Um, well, for administration purposes, we have to have uh, people actually approve the photos because, as you know, on the on the internet, if you let people post photos on your website without going through approval process, you'll never know, never know what you're going to get. You know, I get the distinct <laughs> feeling that these guys are rock stars <laughs> among the giant pumpkin community. Serious pumpkin community I leaders. Mean, they must look up to you guys like like magicians or something. Um, yeah, we get kinda, a lot of free yeah. beer. <laughs> yeah. A lot of free beer. <laughs> and pumpkin pies. <laughs> yeah, all kinds of stuff like that. Yeah, I remember that. Carl, what was that URL again? Bigpumpkins.com. <laughs> oh, I went to a different site. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> the site's still up and active, too, I might point out. They, they had a new I'm going world, there. They had a new world record set, 1502. That's a big pumpkin. That's like the size of a car, isn't oh, yeah. it? I mean, and you, you see the picture of these guys standing beside this pumpkin. It, it's, this it, is it's amazing. It's enormous. It wow. is amazing. I that didn't actually. A lot of I, I haven't been to the site. It was a year ago that I edited that show. And now, you know, and I've, it's like I'm finally going to the site, and it's like, holy mackerel. Well, and they, they've got a, a pumpkin tune section. They've got a bunch of messages like, this is a thriving community about pumpkins. I'm sure there's science behind this. You know, steroids or something go in. Well, they, <laughs> one of the, I think it was also in the interview, or maybe it was after the interview, they were talking about there's big business in selling the seeds of these really That's large right, pumpkins. Right. So they actually ah. were organizing the auctions for these seeds. Yep. So you get a world record class pumpkin. Everybody wants to buy the seeds from it. You know, after we did this interview, I actually considered for a brief moment getting into the giant pumpkin <laughs> contest. Well, you know, <laughs> no. but I don't think I I don't think we have the right soil or something around here for this. I've never seen any pumpkin bigger than like, you know, a couple of feet round. You know, they grow rocks in Connecticut, man. Yeah, I see rock walls <laughs> all over the place. Right? It's true. It's it's very true. You know, that's very true. We've even talked about this on the show before. People come from out of town. And they say, "What's with all these rock walls everywhere?" And the reason is that the uh, the ice flows in the Ice Age deposited lots of rocks in this area, and the farmers who settled here before they could till their fields had to remove the rocks. So they became, you know, acre markers and land markers and that kind of stuff and field markers. All You'll be walking place. out in the woods in the middle of nowhere, and there'll be a rock wall because those woods were once, you know, farmland. Yeah, I mean, this is, you know, the Connecticut is all basically new growth forest, yeah. you know, since that period. I'm going to ask you to hold that thought while we just take a moment to remind the listeners that uh, .NET Rocks is supported by sponsors and advertisers. It's the only way that we can bring this show to you every week. And one of those advertisers is Data Dynamics. They make a product called ActiveReports.net and lots of other great products. Uh, Simple, effective, powerful reporting. Very easy. Drop the reports onto your forms and ship them with your product. And uh, they're online at www.datadynamics.com. Rory. Yes. It's been a long time since you were a co-host of uh, – the regular co-host of .NET Rocks, although you did fill in for uh, Richard. This is true. Recently, um, 
When, what was one of your most memorable moments from the show when you um, were the co-host? Probably, and only because it kind of came up again recently. Uh, do you remember when we uh, uh, interviewed Steve Cellini? Yeah. Okay, and we were, and uh, uh, on that particular episode, I was talking about Olestra and, oh, no. and, um, and anal leakage, right? Yeah. And, anal leakage. and it was one of those times when I thought, oh, I can talk about anal leakage as much as I want because I'll probably never see this guy again or whatever. And um, and it turns out that when I was getting hired onto Channel Nine, Steve Cellini is the general manager of that entire group. <laughs> oh, and, uh, oh, and he was he was my last interview of the of the entire uh, sequence of of interviews. Um, and I and I didn't remember exactly who he was because we did so many shows. You know, That's we right, did about yeah. fifty shows together, and and after a while, everything kind of blends together into this big, you know, blurry morass of shows. And uh, and I go in and I sit down and he, you know, he's very nice. He's got a big smile on his face, but he, he looks very mischievous. And, uh, oh, and, no. and he just kind of, he just kind of leans back, you puts, his, puts his head, puts his hands up behind his head, puts his feet up on the desk and he looks at me and he just kind of squints a little and he just goes, so anal leakage. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of those things I just never thought it would come back to haunt me. That's, but, uh, and that's all he said. Just the two words. Anal it, leakage. It's, that, in, yeah. it's in your employment agreement now, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, still got the job, still got hired in spite of that, um, which that was pretty cool. And it turns out that actually most, because remember there were three people we interviewed um, on that show. And, that's right. Um, I'm pretty sure that all three of them work in my building on my floor. And, wow. Uh, well, so, Vic yeah, and Dotra has moved on now. Yeah, has Vic he? has moved on. Yeah. yeah. So um so two two of the three are left and uh and uh, I've I've had a couple anal leakage discussions since. <laughs> so it, it just kinda it just kinda it just kinda goes to show you, you know, that you say something in two and a half years later, you know, it, it pops it, up again or two years later it pops don't up again. Ever run for president. Oh uh, yeah. I you know, can't run for president. I haven't even graduated from high school. I can't uh <laughs> Well, that, that's kind of hard to forget, though. You know. Yeah, yeah I'm, th- I'm wondering, like, how much of the like the really good content like will stick up over. You know, you, you'll remember anal leakage in 20 years. Of that's course, really, you will. that's really good content. <laughs> well, uh, no, I'm saying like I'm wondering how much of the really good content, like you know, will you remember the details of you know something about okay, what's what's coming new in the framework 2.0? Oh, but, no, but it's that's, anal that's leakage. Not, that's not what Dotnet Rocks is about, though. It's about anal leakage. <laughs> well, kind of. I mean, it's not so much that it's about anal leakage. It's that Donut Rocks is all about community and about all geeks right, who right. like to talk to each other. And occasionally, it, it's like it's a place where you can go to talk about anal leakage. And I, I really miss Rory as a co-host, by the way. <laughs> well, how many times, count them, how many times have has the phrase anal leakage been used in the past ten minutes? Oh, and, I mean, <laughs> that's what I'm talking about. Carl. And you know what I want to know, Richard? How many how many times have I heard Richard talk about anal leakage? None, uh, yeah, not none. once. Rory, not a single mention. Rory, of anal I leakage. want you back. I'm not saying I want Richard gone. I'm thinking maybe the three way dot net rocks thing. Well, Rory, the reason that you know that you got into dot net rocks was because you've you 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 came up to us at uh, you got into a party. Uh, an RD party. Crash the party, yeah. Crash the party. And I guess you had been listening to the show. But what was it that struck you about DNR as opposed to uh, whatever else it was that you were doing in the community? It was really simple. I mean, I was sitting at my desk uh, when I was a contractor. And, you know, like any any coder, I was looking for a way to sort of uh, learn something and pass the time, I guess. And I really don't know what it was that brought me to DNR. But uh, I just went over there. And I don't remember if I started on the very first episode or what, but... 
There's a link to the show from a news group, um, from one of the Microsoft news groups. So go, I check it out, I download it, and it was way back in the day before yeah. you. I mean, you guys had absolutely no production yep. whatsoever. It was just like you and an open air mic or something. I don't be, even remember. It that was, would be before I signed on. Uh, <laughs> it, it was it was a long time ago, and the show didn't really begin or end. It just started and stopped. Yeah, you know? it didn't. It didn't have <laughs> any true. editing. It didn't. It didn't have anything. And I just uh, it, had and editing. It, it had of, editing. Yeah, yeah, whatever. Yeah, sure. It was um, <laughs> Laura Casey there on the editing, but yeah. So I listened. I listened to the show okay. and uh what i what i noticed was that i mean i i thought i was alone i thought i was the only geek in the whole world who actually wanted to talk to other geeks and have mm. a social life and maybe even talk about geeky sort of stuff and and it turns out that uh that you guys wanted to do it too so i got totally hooked on the show mm. and uh that's why when i got to the party i was so excited to meet you guys you know because i've been i started listening religiously i became a huge huge fan yeah and uh and uh, yeah, that's when I showed up at the party, and I, I, I think I was pretending to to tweak Mark Dunn's uh, nipples like they were radio <laughs> knobs. <laughs> um, yeah. It was a titty twister. That's yeah, what uh, very nice. No, that was a secret handshake, and that's how you got to be co-host. Well, huh? I was talking about how weird it was to actually see Mark Dunn in the flesh. And and how I felt like I should be able to turn him up and down just like I could at home, and I instinctively <laughs> and I instinctively reached up for his nipples and tried to touch them. And, uh, yeah, it, so there we is, go. It is very weird from this side of the microphone for anybody who's done this kind of thing because when people listen to you, they're they're doing their own things in their own lives, and and you know some people go to sleep listening to DNR. Yeah. So we've had these weird situations when fans meet you that that you know there you are and you can hear the voice and it sounds like on the radio and but there you are in person and it's just a weird and thing. they're grabbing your nipples and all sorts <laughs> of crazy stuff is going on. But they you know it's almost a a, a weird dare I say, metaphysical experience for people. And we we don't really think about that from this side of the microphone too much. Well, the weird thing is that what happened between me and Mark that day, except for the nipple touching, um, <laughs> was, was was repeated at several other uh, conferences where people would come to me or they'd hear the voice and they'd turn around and they'd go, oh, you know, you're that guy down at Rocks. And it's really weird to hear you in person. And that's exactly yeah. what I went through when I met you guys, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. So and that especially was, uh, when, you know, we talk like we talk on the show in person, so... Yeah, you're still the same people. They're looking around for the microphone, you know. Yeah, it was just really, really bizarre. I had a guy come up to me at a conference, and he's like, I'm listening to you right now. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure you get plenty of that with, uh, you know, neapoleon.com, your blog, and, and of course, Channel 9 and stuff. I mean, you have have achieved superstar, rock star status there. Um, in, In a vertical Sort of way. I yeah, suppose. that's exactly what I tell everybody else. Yeah, because you know, I mean, when if I go, go to if tech I go to, ed, if right? I go to Starbucks, they don't know who the f- I am. Yeah, you they just, don't care. <laughs> yeah. Not only not know, well, except for my local care. Starbucks. But what uh, I told you guys yeah. at lunch today was, I'm glad you came to the area because the number of .net, the number of people who know what .net is in my town just increased by four hundred percent. So yeah. Well, anyway, um, another thing I want to pull from the road trip, Richard, was the uh, last stop, or was it the second to last stop? I can't remember, but it was Los Angeles. Los last Angeles. Stop. Los Angeles was the, fir- the last of the real shows. Right. The last stop before we crashed we, the party. Then we, went to la- we went to the launch, right. right? And then after that, we went and did uh, Las Vegas, right? So this guy at uh, in Los Angeles uh, told us this incredibly funny story and we were when we were thinking at lunch today of what to you know what to pull from the archives mark miller suggested this and uh and thanks mark because i had forgotten all about it here we go listen to the story it's great those people on the other hand i talk with all the investment bankers right and of course neither understands the other 
And so you're a babblefish. I'm basically. a babblefish. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's what I'm. I'm the guy in the crack. <laughs> right, okay, now I understand your turn. Okay, tell me. So this is not just the crack you've fallen into, but the crack you're up against. Uh, <laughs> in more ways than one. <laughs> <laughs> I would say that would be the number two definition. <laughs> so what are you thinking about these days? Oh, what am I thinking about? Oh my goodness. Um, Rock, well, actually, I was going to tell you a funny story okay. first. Um, I go about as far back in computers as you can. My father was one of the first computer consultants in the country. He was one of those guys who was a chief accountant when they had rooms full of uh, people with adding machines. Wow. And so I grew up uh, five, six years old, and you know I've had nothing but programmers around me all my life. Mm -hmm. But I thought I'd tell you a real interesting story from the old days. Lay it on me. Okay. Now, you have, to, you have to do a little bit of time travel here. You have to think about the 50s. You have to think about what the movies were then. You have to think about My Favorite Martian, you know, all that kind of stuff, right? My Favorite Martian is Mark Miller. <laughs> I, <got> you, yeah. <laughs> I forgot that one. <laughs> yeah, the, the original uh, Alienware. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> No comment from Mark, apparently. <laughs> okay. So anyways, so Dad is sitting here talking with the uh, CEO of this, uh, you know, billion-dollar company. And he's trying to convince them that all these adding machines are insane and you really ought to computerize. And this was a year-long project because computers were weird. And big. And big and yeah. expensive and unknowable. Yeah. Okay. So uh, they finally put them in, and they were very mechanical. We're talking about card sorters and printers and all that. Mm. And had a night op that would run the same program every night. And he happened to like music Blackjack. a lot. No. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> well, what he would do is he would, he was very physical. Uh -huh. And I don't know on the radio if I can describe this, but he would sit there, wave to the music, and his head's bobbing. And he would point all of a sudden and say, card sorter. And by God, the card sorter would start sorting <laughs> because he knew the, the rhythm of the right. program. It was yeah, a mechanical yeah, yeah. thing. Yeah. And then he'd go, wow, his head back and forth a few times. And then he'd say, uh, printer. They'd and the printer would the start printer. printing out. Yeah. Well, he's running the same program for a couple of months. He's getting very good at this. Yes, right. Okay. So stage is set. So he also, of course, likes music. He's doing right. this to the music. And he had a pair of earphones with the great big half circles right. on each side of the head with an antenna coming out. <laughs> <laughs> sort of the, my, my favorite Martian look. Yeah, the FM so he's radios. sitting in there listening to this radio, pointing at things. and, and Okay. <laughs> yeah. So the CEO of the company has got a, a cross-country trip, and he'd left his briefcase he left his briefcase in the office. And about 2 o'clock in the morning, he comes to the office to get his briefcase. And he walks past the computer room. And he's never seen this guy. He's never seen thing. this guy. The, the, door, the wall is glass, right? Yeah. And he sees this guy waving his head and pointing at machines, and they do things, right? <laughs> this is an absolute true story. This CEO goes running out the parking lot, screaming, and what he said is, and now I know how they really do it. <laughs> 
That is the best story. Oh, I totally <laughs> forgot about the my favorite Martian line. <laughs> it's right. His headphones. Nobody could hear that he was listening to music, and this guy was just boing. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, you know, Rory's uh, got a new show, guys. I don't know if you've heard this out there in DNR listener land, but Rory Blythe has got a new pop show called Rory Blythe, The Smartest Man in the World. And uh, we've got, what, about seven or eight episodes up now, Jeff? Uh, yeah, I think we're at about eight. I think that's it. What I really like about this, Rory, is that, yes, you're reading your writing, which is really wonderful. I mean, you are an awesome writer, and I hope you never stop. Um, but we also have music behind it and some nice pauses at the right time. And Jeff's been doing a great job of, of composing music. And Thank you very much. And also editing and engineering. We've had some help, though. Carl's done some of the music. And in one of the really excellent shows, we had your friend Marco that you were talking about earlier who, who composed some music or in actually fact, played some music for Yeah. Him. In fact, Marco did uh, the one I'm going to play you right here, which is the Neapolitan Blue Laws. Uh, check this out. This is just a little taste from... Rory Blythe, The Smartest Man in the World, which is at thesmartestman.com. Neapolitan County Blue Laws. Effective immediately. It's time to set some boundaries. As many of you know, I keep a blog at neapolitan.com, and I think we can all agree that things have been getting a might bit rowdy around there lately. <laughs> Unfortunately, this has given me no other choice than to impose a set of blue laws upon the county of Neapolitan. If you are unfamiliar with blue laws, then you may look them up online and read about them, and I suggest you do, before there is a day of reckoning. Your language is great, Rory. It's just awesome. Yeah, this is really These, then, good. are the Neapolitan County Blue Laws, as set forth on this day of May the somethingeth, and to be obeyed in no part less than full. <laughs> so happy. Number one. No cats shall be stacked higher than five on any day of the week other than Independence Day. <laughs> then you can go to Number seven. two. Babies shall not be allowed in public streets on the Sabbath without a small parasol. <laughs> Number three. Oak trees are to be kept at all times a minimum of 97 cubits distant from one and each other, or the planters shall suffer hanging. Oh. <laughs> Number four. If a cur is found thieving bones from a butcher's pile, the fine is 22 ears of the following year's corn, and death by fire for the butcher. <laughs> Number five. Shall an act of affection be given under a stoop, a fine of 17 guilders shall be imposed upon the owner of the stoop, and then the stoop shall be damned. <laughs> Number six If a wife should refuse to decorn a man's feet Be it her husband or the husband of another's wife Then the witch shall be sent to the church prison For no more than four consecutive six nights Or until she confesses to witchery and is burnt <laughs> Number seven any man suspected may be racked and his children dismissed from the county by way of horse chaining. <laughs> horse chaining. Number seven. The lame shall be made to work longer hours in the fields for their transgressions against the perfections of their creator. <laughs> Number eight. A woman may not open a bottle for a man, even if the man is said to have asked that it be done, and the woman shall be hanged while suffering the fire. The fire! Number nine. If a staff is used to cross uneven land, 
it must first be inspected to accord to the principles set forth by selectmen and their positions. <laughs> Number 10. At no time shall a fire be made near the water, or the water shall be removed to a new location by the starter of the fire, and only after his legs have been cross-bent for three six nights. <laughs> Number 12. Cross if it should hail, and then rain, and then hail again, all children of the village shall be gallowed for one year and fed grain by the women. Number 13. No hole shall be dug deeper than nine barley corns without the blessing of the council. And no hole shall be dug at any time, which is an even ratio to the distance of the chapel from the well, or the digger shall be kept in the well until a day of repentance. <laughs> Number 14. Should a woman attempt the craft of writing, she shall be laid on a flat rock of the plains in hot summertime until the Lord taketh her wanton soul and deliver it unto Satan himself. <laughs> <laughs> Number 16. A child who attempts to vote shall have one finger horse-torn until no! such time as the child agrees to abstain from further contraventions. Horse-torn. <laughs> Number 17. If ink is spilled on a Tuesday before supper time, the village entire shall be rebuilt by the following Tuesday at the hands of the ink spiller. <laughs> Number 18. No two men shall at the same time. Number 19. <laughs> no horse is to be plied with strong drink, except that she be a mare and in foal, and only then with Jennifer that has not been found wanting. Number 20. Whoever disrupts a live or recorded dramatic performance with groans or expressions of disdain, and is not himself of the critic men, shall be pilloried before the theater and whipped by all and sundry. <laughs> Number 21. Games of chance are not to be played by children, Catholics, or particularly by Catholics. <laughs> Catholics shall be wagon straightened. <laughs> <laughs> Number 22 Any man demonstrating excessive knowledge of wine Shall be made to prove his worth with a filling bucket Number 23 Any man professing knowledge of medicine Shall be rendered the medicine of hanging Number 24 Any person found asleep or drowsing during the hours of worship Will be awakened by the town beetle Dragged bodily upon the pulpit, forced to deliver a sermon, then burned until death by the youngest member of the congregation in attendance who has not previously been seen playing with river sticks. <laughs> what the f is a river stick? Number 27. Really? <laughs> Any child caught communicating with animals shall be shot in the face and quartered without exception. Number 29. Any hair grown on a head which is curly shall be straightened beyond city limits by cattle pulling. Oh! Is that if the head's curly? I, I don't know. I Number 30. <laughs> if a man is careless during his chores and has lost an arm, he shall be lost his other arm in the same fashion as rightful punishment. <laughs> Number 31. And last, the hexagon is an accursed shape, and any person caught making one shall be set upon by vipers. That's awesome. Now, of course, we know that Mark has his own answer to Hansel Minutes, which is milliseconds. 
but I don't think we should actually play any of Mark's stuff because <laughs> this is a family show. <laughs> yes, yeah. Being set upon by Vipers is one thing, but being set upon by Mark Miller is a whole different matter. Mm. Yeah, remember those early parts of this show, guys, when I was going, ah! <laughs> that, That's kind of like what that other thing is about. You definitely got to check out Milliseconds, though. You know, Richard, I think I'd like to end this show with... Uh, something that we used to do when you were uh, not a co-host, but you used to come in at the end of the show when Rory was co-host and do the toys, a good toy and a bad toy. What do you think? I think I could probably do that. I've got a couple of toys I could show. Uh, should we start good or bad? Oh, we always start with good. Got to start with good. All right. Take a look at shrinkster.com slash JJ8. Juliet, Juliet 8. JJ8. You know, I remember when we were using Shrinkster, it was in two digits. Yes, that's <laughs> we right. started Shrinkster. The site is the Weta Original Ray Guns. Wow. wow. So this guy, I don't really know who he is, has come up with the sort of steampunk style vintage Ray Guns. These are awesome. They're this very is really they're beautiful. Neat. Uh, very Jules Verne. Yeah, very Jules Verne. Very That, that kind of era. There's three different ones. The Goliath 83. The wave, di- the uh, Fuam Industries wave disruptor gun, and the Malmelter man melter, man melter, hey man melter. Mark Miller, hold your computer up. Let me see. Uh, yeah, I will, man. And it's you know the cool thing about this is that I just I see these, and the first thing I think in my head, Richard, is. I want to take these through to uh, TSA, show my friends at TSA when I'm going through the show. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that sounds like a great idea. In, in their plush leather cases with, you know, instruction guides and so forth. And they're all sort of pipey, gadgety kind of, well, you know. Ah, there you go. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. Yeah, don't play with it. Just look at it. <laughs> so I would, uh, and uh, of course, the first question is, well, how much? Of course. And they're not for sale yet, but apparently they're going to be. They've been uh, shown at a few shows, lots of demand for them, so they're going to produce a line of them. Expect extraordinarily expensive. Oh, yeah, I'm great, sure. Though. Do they, yeah. do they actually they really like kill people? What do they do? No. No, nah, they just look cool. Stick them on the wall? Just a ray gun collection. But can you imagine a fight between one of these and a lightsaber, one of those mock-up lightsabers? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who would win? Yeah. Hmm. I think the lightsaber would probably win. You could actually beat the somebody with it. All right, Richard, the bad toy. Wait, wait, wait. wait. I got a question. When you try and fire this and nothing comes out, do you like, do aliens throw their guns down like we do? (laughs) (laughs) Damn. Because these ones will dent. You know, probably the amount you pay for it, you're not going to throw it on the ground. You'll place it down gently. I want one of these. Funny you would would say that because the next site at shrinkster.com slash JJ9, Juliet Juliet 9, is I want one of those.com. (laughs) <laughs> and what happens if you use a ray gun inappropriately? You end up with Dead Fred. Oh, huh? Dead Fred is a pen holder. <laughs> That's all it is. It's just a pen holder. It's just that it's a plastic body with the hole in the center of his chest to hold your pen. <laughs> <laughs> you can take this one to the TSA. See how they react to it. Anyway, I just wonder about people putting this sort of thing on their desk. You know, what does this say to your coworkers? You know, this all men are bastards knife block they have looks very familiar. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> there are a range of products here. Oh, man. Seem to communicate various messages. Dead Fred is only one of them. Well, guys, I think that's a show. 
I want to thank you personally for making the time to come out here to New London. And uh, it's what can I say? You know, I'm very, very lucky to have guys like you on my team to, to make all this crazy stuff happen week after week. Thank you very much from the bottom of my heart. What about me, Carl? And you too. You're going to say anything to me? <laughs> All right. We'll see you next time. Well, thank you very much, Carl. Thank you. .NET Rocks can be found online at www.dotnetrocks.com and at msdn.microsoft.com slash dotnetrocks. .NET Rocks is edited each week by Jeff Maciolik, that's me, and Carl Franklin, who is also executive producer. All music heard on .NET Rocks, including Toy Boy, the theme song, is created and produced by Carl Franklin and Franklin Brothers Band. Carl Never Sleeps. .NET Rocks is produced for Franklin's Net by Plop Productions, providing professional audio and podcasting services online at www.pwop.com. Plop, it's time to get your impact back. Toy Boy!